0: But wait, there's more. This is TFG Unbuttoned. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash, an off-the-cuff take on politics, pop culture, and current events. Hello, everybody. Tim Bennett here, as always, with my good friend and co-host, Mr. John Nash. We are TFG Unbutton, the Tuesday podcast from your friends at The Focus Group. Be sure to find everything about us at focusgroupradio.com, including our show, The Focus Group, which is on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. East, released each week. Thanks to our friends at Critics' Choice Video. While you're at our website, be sure to click on their logo and start shopping away. Hello, Mr. Nash. Can you believe we're in August?
1: I cannot. And uh, because July, at least uh, in New York and upstate, was such a wet month, I think all the weather people up here talked about like having maybe four dry days or (laughs) there's never been a sequence where we've had like three or four days in a row without rain. I look out the window and the lawn is really green. You know, it's very lush. And normally this time of year, you get a break from cutting the grass because it goes dormant with this heat and humidity, right? It goes brown not so much this year um so hopefully we'll have a stretch of some good weather coming up soon but august to me represents uh the racetrack in saratoga so we're going to try to go up again to see some of the horses race we were up a little while ago with bob's mom and sister and her boyfriend and it's always a happy day at the track because it's uh, have you ever gone to the racetrack ever seen horses race i have but i haven't gone in a long
0: time they used to have a track over in uh the Garden State Racetrack. When I worked at Subaru, they used to have the the ponies. Was over it right
1: there. across from corporate?
0: Yeah, it was the Garden State Racetrack.
1: I remember that building that was torn down for that uh, whole big mall, like outdoor strip mall thing. Right, right. Yeah, now it's just become a mall. Like the rest. Well, of the it's world. a fun uh, first at Saratoga. Uh, one of the f- most fun things I think is after a race, we'll walk down from where we're sitting to what they call the paddock, where they bring the horses out and the jockeys. And you're, you know, a foot or two away from these incredible animals and they are really beautiful, but, but you know, you look at a racehorse, it's nothing but muscle and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> and then the jockeys come out and they're like celebrities in, in the, uh, the world of racing, right? Um, some of these jockeys ride some of the most famous horses in the world and, you know, they're very diminutive guys. So. It's just, it's, and then they ring the bell and they announce the race is going to start. And then you have to get up to your seat. And then they're on the track, they go out to the gate, and ding, you're off. And I think I mentioned to you, did I mention last week that I wanted to bet on a horse called um, Ms. Penelope Pitstop? Yeah. Did, did she win? Well, she was scratched. Um, that she didn't run the race. But see, that's how I would bet. I bet on horses' names. And I think I might have told the story about bigger is better one year. Where I bet on a horse called Bigger is Better, and it was coming around the turn and it was winning, and I'm standing up screaming, jumping up <laughs> and down, along with everybody else saying, Bigger is better, bigger is better. And then later on we thought the owner of that one definitely knew what they were getting into when they named that horse Bigger is better, right? I'll we'll just leave that there.
0: <laughs> so we have uh we have three stories this week. The, um, the first one, John, you found, and I. before we get into the story, I, it, it's a it's a new Disney release called Jungle Cruise. Yeah. And I just saw that uh, it did quite well, I guess, at the box office. They said uh, in its opening weekend, which was last weekend, I think it made $61
1: million. Would that be correct? Possibly, yeah. It was just this past weekend, yeah.
0: Yeah, they said it did, it did quite well. So there's a, a movie called Jungle Cruise, which is Disney's new nostalgia-soaked adventure film based on a 1950s theme park ride, they said and uh, it has an unexpectedly modern twist and one of its main characters comes out as gay but doesn't specifically say the word gay it's a young british uh, british actor mcgregor right yeah and um he he's uh talking with the skipper and they they talk about how he's um well, I, I forget exactly how he says the words but he says he has interests happily his interests happily lay elsewhere when they've asked him about his whether he's married or not. He says he's broke off three engagements with women because he has interests that happily lay elsewhere, which if you're paying attention, you understand what that means. So there there was some criticism that, oh, Disney's afraid to say gay and glad jumped on it. Of course, that, you know, there was too much innuendo. But I thought it was a nice way of saying it. I don't know. I don't know what your thought was about it.
1: Yeah. So um, uh, Jack Whitehall plays the character. He's a com- uh, a British comedian, stand up comedian. And actually, there's a fun show on Netflix about jack and his father he jack takes his father around the world and the father's like this very proper british dad you know always wears suits with pocket squares no matter how hot it is whatever and they're funny and he himself is straight but he plays this character um mcgregor who's like a kind of a a dandy bon vivant and his sister is played by emily blunt and i think in that scene he says um young british fop." That's what they call him, a fop McGregor. And you said it earlier, does not use the word. But he explains that he broke off three engagements because his, quote, interest li- happily lay elsewhere, prompting Skipper Frank, who's played by The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, to raise a toast to elsewhere. So I agree with you. Um, it's subtle. And I think this is almost like a cartoon. And An adult gets it and a kid may not. But the thing that intrigued me was the amount of backlash they got. um, You know right off the bat like you know you didn't go far enough you didn't do this you didn't do that and um you know the article takes pains to talk about how uh jack whitehall and the rock dwayne johnson really talked to the director a great deal about how to play that line how subtle it should be how direct whatever and they thought they came up with a really happy balance that would nod to a certain you know member of the audience and maybe not be picked up by other people so this is one of those typical things of you're you know, you're doomed if you do and you're doomed if you don't. Right? right? You're damned
0: if you do, you're damned if
1: you don't. And then yeah, now you you're you took the words out of my
0: mouth. It's it's I thought it was a as I said a nice way of saying it and it it reminded me of some of the early work that you and I had done in the LGBTQ space where um depending upon how you read it or you looked at it, uh, you could take it either way, right? You could yeah. you could look at it as you want. And And they made the comment here about LGBTQ kids, you know, they should have, um, you know, might, they should have said the word, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I just thought it was a nice way of saying it, but glad, of course, and a few others, as you said, jumped on it. And then they gave a couple of other examples. Were you offended by the the kiss in Star Wars? They, they, they...
1: I, do you know it happened so quickly that it, it could have been two friends, and um, but it was censored, I think, for China was one of the countries that they actually demanded that that little tiny thing be removed, right? Yeah, they said there was a lesbian kiss in Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, which was
0: cut uh, in Singapore and Dubai. Really, because you can go to Dubai and pretty much do anything, but, you know, get an enema right at the bar (laughs) you're a westerner so anyway yeah so but you know it's it's these things you know this goes back to what um i guess jerry seinfeld and a number of comedians said anymore you can't do anything right no matter what you do there's criticism no matter how you do anything or no matter what you do in in terms of uh trying to please everybody yeah
1: yeah so you had referenced earlier some commentary um jeremy blacklow who's the director of entertainment media at um, Glad, which is an LBT, LGBT advocacy group, said in a statement, The heartwarming exchange, which we just referred to, where Jack says to the skipper, You know, my interest lay elsewhere, was a powerful addition to a big budget film that will reach audiences around the world. And then comes the conjunction. But <laughs> the scene's innuendo makes it easy to overlook by anyone not paying close attention or by youth who are too young to understand the reference, he added. So that's where you get that it if you do, damned if you don't. Anyway. Yeah, there you go. And of
0: course, in fun news out of Ohio, we have uh, in our second story, this one, I just, I thought it was, well, anyway, the headline, Trump man, quotes, found guilty of repeatedly pooping on gay couples lawn. So a so-called Trump man in Ohio had been sentenced to prison after he repeatedly defecated and urinated on a gay neighbor's lawn. So the guy's a former, uh, I think he's a former teacher. His name is Jerry Dietrich, 70 years old, from Greenville, Ohio. He finally confessed to uh, defecating multiple times uh, with unknown dates on his neighbor's lawn, and for over 10 years, it sounds like, this has been going on. And uh, so he was finally caught uh, in May at 3.15 a.m., Matthew Guyette, 59 years old, and his husband caught Dietrich at 3.15 a.m. squatting in the bush and uh, pooping on his lawn. And they knew he was back because he would use these napkins, I guess, and leave the three or four crumpled napkins. And so they said the shitter's back after uh, the the napkins started appearing again. He said he was doing it because uh, they were Biden supporters, not because they were gay, that he was pooping on the lawn because he supported Trump and they supported Biden but it, come to find out that wasn't really the case because he's been pooping there since the Obama administration. So um, so he ends up getting fined, right? That, that, that's, uh, and he's got to go to prison for 20 days.
1: He also had to write an apology. Um, which was my which, favorite. Yeah, I, so he was sentenced to 20 days in jail, which he will serve at the court's discretion, and he's ordered to perform 30 hours of community service and ordered to pay $232 in fines and court costs. Okay, so if we reverse the order of what I just said, I'm curious how they came up with the 232 dollars in court fines and fees. Okay, it's just such an oddball number. Just make him pay 500 bucks, right? <laughs> so the 30 hours of community service. I don't know how you come up with that one either. But maybe the judge thought, well, over 10 years, he's crapped on the guy's lawn at least five times. To- you know, four times, to- <laughs> three times right, a year. Four times a year. How by- long
0: does it take to pick
1: up the poop? Right. Who knows? Yeah. And then the 20 know. days in jail seemed like another just random number plucked out of the sky. Um, but then he was ordered to write this apology letter um, in which he wrote that he was extremely sorry mm-hmm. for fouling his law and calling it inexcusable. Let me say that I don't know. I didn't know you were gay. Mm-hmm. I did know you were a Democrat. I'm a Republican. Detrick reportedly wrote, doesn't make any difference. My actions were disgusting and cruel he asked Goyet, to find it in your heart to forgive me. I was raised in a Christian family and should have known better. So if you had to unpack this as I'm reading it slowly and I'm unpacking it right now, what what is going on? So I didn't know nothing about being gay, but I knew you were a Democrat and I'm a Republican. Right. And here comes the good, right. And
0: here comes the good Christian defense, right?
1: Yeah. And and I should have known better. And you know, it's like George Washington. I shouldn't have chopped down that cherry tree. It's, I don't even know how you (laughs) just don't know what to think. I mean, there's in either case taking a crap on their lawn is nothing that should ever be in the in the man's consciousness because they're a gay couple or because they're Democrats. But it's that one the the party affiliation that I find most fascinating that the Republican would choose to shit on the Democrats' lawn, right? And and show them I'm going to show them. It's like people who put up signs that say "Don't blame me, I voted for Trump." Well. <laughs> As if to say, like the last, you know, don't blame me for Biden. I voted for Trump, right?
0: Well, the fact that you're just pooping on someone's lawn, anyway.
1: I mean, yeah. you know, take any of it out of it, right? I mean, <laughs> take all the reason out, right?
0: You know, the fact that he's just going over there to poop on someone's lawn, and he's a high, you know, a retired high school teacher. So, you know, you you compound all this on top of it. But I'm sure your mom worked with with teachers that probably would have done that, or she wouldn't be surprised. Oh yeah, he would have done that. So uh, I I, I yeah, I I just I I don't I don't um the the fact that so it's 3:15 in the morning so so the I, I the uh the guy's accusation maybe uh Guyette might have had a drinking problem but you imagine it's 3:15 in the morning I got to take a dump I'm going to go shit on Matt's lawn. I mean I, I <laughs>
1: I don't know it, it, how you even form the idea. See, you're you're going right to the core of the problem. How do we come, hmm, I think I'll do this, oh, 3.15, yeah, I think I'll go across the street with a, some napkins from a restaurant t- to clean myself, and I'll take a crap in the bush. The only thing that would have been better if they were Chick-fil-A napkins. <laughs> that would have really sealed the deal, right? That would totally seal the deal.
0: Yeah, they need to be Chick-fil-A napkins. So, yeah, I... I uh you know you see these things now but here's the other thing i find out about this it's been going on for 10
1: years years it it did have a break in fact there was a break for a while where nothing happened and then it started up again so yeah it's yeah horses yeah yeah. i I think i would have found them a little
0: sooner but or you know figured out who it was a little sooner but yeah some of these yeah well they were ohio so uh our last story and we had all seen this but uh for anybody that's probably. Our age, or well, anybody. If you don't know who this is, you probably were in a cave, right? So, uh, Ron Popeel, the pioneer of wait, there's more uh, of of the late night infomercials, died last week at 86 years old. You probably remember him behind a lot of the late night uh, infomercials, you know, prior to the home shopping networks or QVC. He sold everything from the Mr. Microphone to the Pocket Fisherman to the Vegematic. He even had that aerosol hairspray, which my dad tried, by the way. My mother got it. And, uh,
1: all it did was stain the, stain the pillow. <laughs> it was a mess. It was a Mr. real mess. Mr. Microphone, the, the, the rotisserie chicken thing. Set or... it
0: and forget it. Set it and forget it. And I and wanted to, it. I yeah. wanted to get that. Cause I actually
1: thought the, the chickens looked delicious. Didn't
0: they? I don't know if they he, did, you know, and then he did the, he, he did the jerky, the jerky machine, which they said he would make these, you know, pronouncements that, you know, I invented the jerky category. <laughs> i just laughed but there was some i mean we all watched them didn't we did you not yes. watch any of these things i mean we all watched them now he didn't do the
1: floby did he no i didn't see floby in the product list when i was looking through that um but as i said he did do mr microphone and there's a funny line in the article we, we referenced uh the obituary that npr had been using and they talked about how Mister Microphone, like he was able to convince you that if you had this thing, that would basically just amplify your voice. <laughs> it was going to turn you into someone special, like a pop star, or, or like us, you know,
0: you, you, radio you know, stars yeah, somebody <laughs>
1: something. It impress the opposite sex. <laughs> That's the one. It would impress the opposite sex. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> and then down in the article, there was one paragraph that really just said to me, "This guy is." he is a good businessman. One little paragraph I'll read. Most prominently though, Ron Popeil cheerfully gave away his infomercial content to movie makers looking for something to be playing on TV in the background of their films. In this way, did he extend his reputation for ubiquity and his growing wink nudge pop culture brand for free with no effort at all, others did the work and he got the eyeballs. So, you know, if you're going to shoot a film or you you have to have copyright issues, you know, you can't just throw anything on a TV set in the background. So there's, there's, but wait, there's more Ron Popeil. You could use my ads in the background, which I think is hysterically very clever, right? Oh, I wrote, I wrote, it's so funny you picked
0: that out because we're both good marketers. I wrote next to that smart, 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 because we, you're exactly right. And he just, somebody's making a movie you want to do something put my put my ad there he he reminded me of when i was reading this a little bit you're you know the, the you and i would talk about crazy eddie a little bit that, that prices uh, are uh, insane it, it, yeah. What is was that same kind of ilk you know he, he it was the you know come character. yeah it's it a character and you know we all watch the stuff they you couldn't take your eyes off it sometimes it was almost like a train wreck because you couldn't believe what i was always wondering is how these things actually work because a lot of times it was junk I mean, yes. I, I think when you got it, I mean, we've all fallen for it. Um, I, I had some of the products. I mean, that pocket fisherman—you know—you might have caught a sunfish, <laughs> maybe a little bigger than a goldfish with that thing, but you weren't going to land any, any, fisherman. any. You weren't going to land any trout with that thing.
1: <laughs> and also i love some of the the portable smokeless ashtray it was basically like a vacuum <laughs> that was sucking the, the, the thing the fan <laughs> down and then the other one they showed and i they have a picture here on the npr site um the incredible egg scrambler it was this device that had like a super fine needle and you would take an egg still in its shell uh put it on this thing and it would scramble the egg in the shell which you have to wonder about for a second like you know are you are you that afraid of using a fork in a bowl you know <laughs> did it just shake the egg it it just scrambled it made the yolk and the white mix up so that when you cracked the egg you didn't have to stir it with a fork to uh to get it scrambled yeah oh things like God. a battery tester yeah you know, this you know and of course we mentioned Mr. Microphone before uh Bob and I were laughing about um did Ron Paul appeal to the Vegematic? yes was that the ve- no that yeah, was okay, him. So, Everybody, I think, had a Vegematic, yes. and we, we stopped using it because food would get caught in the tines. You know, it was, a very, it was not easy to clean. No, and it was that was It was a little rickety. Yeah. yeah, it was a little rickety. Well,
0: it was junk. I mean, that was the thing. <laughs> and it was at 2 a.m. in the morning. That's, why, that's mm-hmm. why I asked about the Flobee, because there was a guy at Subaru that actually bought the Flobee. And, and he, he had, you know, at 2 a.m. in the morning and then cut his hair. And, uh, you know, when it came in, and I mean, he had then had to go get a crew, crew cut. But, um, yeah, I mean, those... It was that bad? Oh, my <laughs> God. Well, all it was was, you know, you hooked it to your vacuum, the reverse end of a vacuum. And then it just had blades, and it just cut you. I mean, it was a mess. But when, <laughs> when you think about these items, right? I mean, this was all all pre, you know, all pre this stuff. It was... Yep. Yeah. So it, it's... Um, but I love Ron Popeil. And I, again, I thought, but what a showman... Yes. And we, we all saw these sort of people, if you ever went to the country fairs or the town fairs or the state fairs, there was always the showman with the vacuum or the mop or whatever, the, the slicer and dicer and all that stuff. And um, there's a skill to that, and I hope it doesn't ever go away because it's the, it's the kind of the P.T. Barnum of our, of our time, way before social media and all that sort of sort of stuff. It was those, those live performances that uh, those people saw. And as they said in the, in the piece here toward the end, you believed in it. And if he yeah, created desire, right? Yeah. Good, good salesmanship. So, Hey, thanks to our friends at, uh, critics choice, uh, who bring us to you each week. If you head over to focusgroupradio.com, you can click on the critics choice video. They are America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987. And before we came on, John was excited because he said the front page had a number of things that uh, spoke to him. So, what was there?
1: Yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those things where I I loaded up uh, Critics of Choice Video, which is America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987. And and all over the page are things that I would get. First up is the Disney Pixar release called Luca, and it was a it's an animated film. If you don't have Disney Plus, so you don't do the streaming. By all means, and if you're a big fan of animation, it's supposed to be a good movie. I want to definitely see it. So there's Luca. Then I just my eyes rolled down a bit, and you know, on the page, and what do I see? But a hilarious show that we love watching called Drunk History from Comedy Ch- Comedy Central. So Drunk History, you know, they, this this narrator gets famous people tipsy, and they recount to him what they think happened uh, along a historical event, and it's usually very funny. A couple of pictures over is Peyton Place. Classic, right? Pay, everybody, everybody even knows the term pain Place, and then below that is the Blu-ray release of a movie that I saw. Oh God, it must have been in the uh, must have been in the seventies, I guess. Yeah, I should look at when the movie came out, but it's Hindenburg with George C. Scott, and then below that. I'll just conclude and say you can buy a Ouija board, a classic Ouija oh board. We, we we were forbidden to have Ouija. I mean, we had it once. My mom burned it, but <laughs> we had one too. And I don't, I don't know where it. Uh, it's probably still in the attic. It's my guess. Well, the Crit- Critics Choice, um, you know, Critics Choice has toys and games as well. So there's the uh, there's a Jurassic Park Monopoly. You know, there's always a branded Monopoly, and then there's a game called Waterworks. I remember playing years and years ago, where you make pipe with copper or steel and sometimes there's a break it's like a little card game and there's the ouija thing so uh, i guess it's a very fun way of saying there's always something a critics choice video um for you folks to find out and when you're there um click on get a catalog it's called request catalog upper left corner of their menu structure it comes every five weeks or so it's my ultimate uh version of non-linear shopping takes me back to the days of the sears wish book so a big thank you to Critics' Choice Video, America's classic movie and TV authority since 1987. And thanks to all of you for making time to tune in to hear the Focus Group Unbuttoned. And by all means, check out the Focus Group on Wednesdays uh, from 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube uh, Live or, sorry, Facebook Live or YouTube. And of course, everything at focusgroupradio.com. Everybody have a great week and we'll see you in the new one. It's the Focus Group Unbuttoned with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Available every
0: Tuesday. Learn more about Tim and John, Unbuttoned, and all of the Focus Group platforms at focusgroupradio.com.